Hello, food enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Linemiller, your host for today. And as always, we have thought leaders and innovators in the food space. And boy, are we going to have a great conversation today. I am so excited to talk to Jay Ashton. He is the National Brand Ambassador. Oh my goodness, it's a long title. National Brand Activation Manager for Cisco Canada. I had to write it down. Welcome to the podcast, Jay. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff. Please explain to us what a National Brand Activation Manager does that's a great question eh? that's a, that's a uh, great title it's <laughs> a great title my job is to build the brand of cisco so overall uh what people think about cisco you know how we're perceived in the marketplace to what people think about us you know how cool we are our cool factor if you want to call it that um i do that daily is to really show the real true essence of who we are and who the people are that work within the you know, within our company and also within the overall uh, industry itself. So we have great relationships. I work with uh, associations right across Canada. And then that was a big part of us building a media network is to really share our love of the industry and our, you know, influence and our support of the industry through our online media network that we've built Mm -hmm. as well or the last three years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot. And we're going to talk about all the different avenues that you are involved in because, because it'll, it is a lot. And Cisco is a worldwide brand. It is a household name. I don't know anyone that hasn't heard of Cisco and certainly anyone that's in the food space. So you really have a lot to work with there. You have a lot of partners that you um, work with and supply and all kinds of restaurants. I mean, restaurants don't operate without Cisco, I don't think. Uh, and, And certainly that's part of what you're doing, but you do all kinds of interesting things too. I mean, you have a Cisco virtual kitchen, which is like the latest thing, right? That that Uh, did over the pandemic. Maybe we should start there and we can expand into what else you've done, but tell us about SVK for short. Tell us about that in Canada. So this is really interesting because I don't think any companies ever maybe ventured the way that we have into this whole new media network on social media and really sharing the, uh, uh, our love of the industry and our connections to the industry through this whole new platform. So we started on May 14th, 2020 is our, I call it our COVID baby. Uh, This is our COVID baby is uh, we were really looking at ways, I was looking at ways of how we can bring the amount of content that we needed at that time to our industry, uh, customer or not, but to the overall industry on what Cisco could do to help support these operators and, and the restaurateurs and the chefs that are in the industry with the resources that we had, but also with the experts that we knew or people we would have on a show to talk about what they could do to help. So we started it off. Um, we really didn't know what we were doing that first year, and we just tried everything. We we tried um, podcasts, we tried uh, you know late night shows, we tried different things, and we and I think you have to do that when you start to introduce a new uh, a new program or a new product. You kind of have to play around with it a little bit and test and have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, so we did that for the first year, and then uh, the second year we said, well, you know what, there's. Uh, such a great way of looking at how other companies out there, like the Netflix of the world, the Amazon, Disney Plus, well, they've really created an empire in a way of creating a network where they support other people of uh, they contribute 
you know, TV shows, documentaries, content to them in a manner that they become a network, a community. So I really started looking at that and say, you know what, there's so much, so much content out there in the industry that we believe that we could build a network. So we started building a network and we started off with about 20, let's say 20 shows. Uh, each show runs around eight to nine episodes per show. And we said, well, what if we do this a couple of times a, a week? Uh, so we did that. And then the demand just started growing from there. It just became bigger and bigger as people started going, wow, this is really easy. Uh, we call it edutaining. So it's education and entertaining together. Yeah. So we have some little bit of fun, but at the same time, we really want to make sure people take something away from it. And a lot of restaurateurs at that time also were still dealing with COVID restrictions. There was a lot of things out there. We really weren't sure what was going to happen. So we started building in that way and we started communicating to our industry through social and that's through social video content. And then we came at the very end of the, of this past or, or past season, we call it seasons, just like season one, season two, this is season three for us right now that we're in, but our second season, we finished off very strong of looking at the impact that we're getting out there. We're going to shows, people are starting to recognize us and at shows or talking about the, 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 you know, different shows that they were watching or listening to we really saw it even take shape from there. So then we said, well, let's, you know, continue obviously. And then we moved into a season three. So speed all the way up to today. We currently have about 28 new shows uh, on our network and we cover, we have about 12 cooking shows. Uh, we have marketing shows. We have uh, social media shows. We have everything that you need to learn in this industry with a show. We've partnered with the most amazing, I call them the best of the best experts in the fields across Canada and the US to really allow them to help bring the content. So it's not a Cisco pitch. What we have is we've got great resources as well, but it's out there to bring other people's experts and, and, and advice and ideas to the marketplace to share what they know. Yeah. And you're, you're just the, the person that's bringing all the resources together and providing them, but you've got all the different categories for any, anyone that wants to get involved in the restaurant space, they can, the edutainment, they can look at those shows and be learning and figuring out what they might want to change in their own operations and how they might want to go about different processes and procedures. I mean, you're just providing information. It's kind of like that goodwill ambassador for the industry, really. And we call it the Oprah Oprah model is what we call it. Okay. So (laughs) we, we really think that I, you know, I look at, and I've been in the industry, my 33rd year coming up in January of this industry. This is all I know. And I've been from big restaurants to small restaurants. I've worked with Cisco 18 years now, almost 19 years. And I've built the business resource department for Canada that took a lot of my time up to COVID that I was putting all my energy into helping restaurants in a one-on-one practice in, in our kitchens that we have across Canada and looking at that manner. And I, and I still believe that there's obviously a need for that. Our teams do amazing things out there, but I really believe a lot of operators nowadays take a little bit from your, you know, from your suggestions or ideas. They take a little bit at a time. They only can consume so much. And we allow, you know, on demand, we, you know, we have some models where you can watch as much as you want, when you want, where you want. And that really hadn't happened before in our industry where people were having to go to a webinar or they were having to come in and go to a show or go to a conference. Well, we don't, we don't 
necessarily have the luxury. A lot of people don't have the luxury of that to be able to do that every day. So we said, well, let's be able to have it so they can watch it on their phone. A lot of people watch it at their, on their home TVs on YouTube. Sure. Uh, they can listen to us on our, or watch us on Spotify. Uh, they have both options on Spotify. And just take in as much as they want. They can watch 10 minutes. They can watch 20 minutes. They can do what they want. And that really hadn't been done before in our, in our, in our you know, obviously in our space to really look at what, you know, what the consumer or what the customer or what the industry was willing to bear. And I think today you're seeing a lot of that. And I think you're continuously will see that as restaurants find it even more difficult with the inflation in many areas, let's discover that, is that it'll be hard for them to leave their space, but they need to know about this stuff. And the way that we do it, we reach, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people a day all over the US and Canada. And just bringing them a little bit of help and hopefully they take one or two things from it. Uh, we don't usually in our shows, you know, we don't usually get into really long, like a checklist you need to go through. Uh, we really, we tackle, I usually say about two things per show. I believe restaurateurs and chefs out there can usually take about two things. You know, I've worked with thousands of restaurants over the years, consulting with them. Uh, they usually can handle two. You give them three, they're too busy for three, but two is pretty easy to take. They'll do one and maybe one later. So I usually have our guests that do the shows with us really address two problems or two solutions or two problems and two solutions. And uh, that's as much as we take. I'd rather do more shows and make it simpler and easier for our listeners and our restaurateurs and chefs to be able to take something simple from that. So this is something new to our industry. We're paving. Um, there's some interesting things about our show, if you <laughs> want to get into that. So we are probably the first Fortune 50 company out there to ever do this. I think there's a couple of copy of me now. I'm not going to name them, but mm-hmm. is all of our shows are live. Okay. They're a hundred percent live. So no pre-recording, no editing. We do the shows live and there's many reasons why, but I think the simplicity of it is that when you turn on a, a show and, you, and I've done pre-recorded shows and done tons of those, I've done webinars, I've done all those things is that you truly get a, a real, I guess, uh, show real content that you can't when you're doing a pre-recorded show than anything. And I believe there's a couple of factors. One, I trust the content that we produce 100% that I will do it live. Obviously, we do some pre, pre-show pre stuff, but we do it live. We have a, you know a rundowns of the show, so we know what we're going to talk about. We obviously know what we're addressing. Um, we know who's right, going to be. You have a plan, but you're going to organically get there and, and yeah. share the points that you want to share, solve the problems you're going to solve. Exactly. I really like what you said about the handling two things, because that's more consumable for people, not yeah. just restaurant tours, but regular people. You know, I, I do love long form podcasts, but at the same time, I, I love that short and quick hit where I can hear what's happening and hear the problem and the solution. It's applicable <laughs> to what I'm doing right now. Why are you laughing? I just laugh because I try to do short, but sometimes they do turn into long. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I love yes. talking about this stuff. And it depends too, right? And uh, so we do our shows live. We run commercials. You know, we do our own commercials in a sense. We don't monetize the shows. Uh, you know, we're not in the business of making money off media. Uh, we're, we're in the business of helping our customers and helping our industry out. And that's really that the simplicity of it. And um, yeah, we, we've got, uh, we've got some great stuff lined up. We, we just signed, a, um, I won't say what team, but we signed an executive chef of an NHL team last week. So cool. we'll be producing a new series of 
behind the scenes of these big arenas across North America and what their chefs are going through and what they're, what they're offering in their expertise and stuff like that. So that, and then we've got some new shows coming up, but we have, um, we've partnered with some really just amazing companies out there that really have the same kind of, you know, DNA as we do to help people. And our guests are not professional actors or actresses. Uh, they're real people. And I, we had a quote quite a while ago, let's say about six months ago, someone said you finally created the real food network. Okay. I really believe that. Yeah. I truly and that's a compliment. That's yeah, a compliment yeah, for sure. Well, tell me some of the insights that you've gotten from all of these interviews. Well, first of all, let's back up because you talked about the trajectory. I mean, the COVID baby happening and, but it was perfect timing really, you know, for, and, and because then the trajectory of growth has been just crazy. And you were telling me you were just recognized as a personality you can give me the details of that the top 50 yeah. you have all these titles Jay. i know i got a lot of up. when you start going public more i didn't know that this all stuff comes with it uh-huh. uh, i'd no one told me that which is I'm, I'm flattered by it but yeah the top 50 um, brand ambassadors personalities globally around the globe so that's a huge list there's a lot of smart people on that list i tell you So just to be honored to be a part of that group is huge. So that just started. And then we've been recognized as one of the top five restaurant podcasts in North America as well. And I I would say in Canada, no one else is doing it like we do in Canada. And I tell you, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, also the thing, and I have to give a shout out to Cisco just really to allow me to play in this space. And I always say this, and there's a few things I always say when I, when people ask, well, what do you like, how'd you get there? How would you do? It really was just playing. We're having fun. And I know it sounds so simple when you say playing, but I remember I had one prof in university said to me, all the greatest art that is in all the galleries that millions of people look at every day was created by those artists just playing. And it wasn't like they intended to make those paintings that are that are worth millions of dollars and that we read about every day in the art world or look in these big, beautiful books or on the internet. Those were made because those artists were playing. And yeah. I truly believe in that. Yeah, it's the it's the best of, and and let's face it, the food space is very creative, right? The yeah. chefs, the those that are actually in that creative space, and and they probably love the whole concept of playing and trying to figure things out. That's what a creation is all about. Uh, but let's talk about some of the outcomes that you've seen, or some of the trends that you've seen from all the sure. interviews that you've done. You know what's happening out there in the food space. I mean, we talk about we love technology here at the Future Foodcast because there's a lot going on in the space with technology. And you may not know, um, this, this podcast is actually sponsored by uh, farm to plate, which is a software blockchain platform. And so, you know, we love to hear what's happening out there with technology because we, we are technology or, or that's where we come from. So what's sure what's we can start there. There's a lot yeah, we cover because we do a show called the restaurant tech show and that's once a month and we bring on different tech companies. Yeah. I've got a co-host uh, on the show, um, Chris from app eight. And I tell you, when I look at the tech space is really sped up through COVID, I tell you, and a lot of these companies even started through COVID, but I see a lot of, you know, obviously the, the uh, ability to monitor your business on your phone, to monitor your business 
in many ways that maybe we haven't thought of before. I see that still from the trends that we're seeing. I still see that continuing to grow, to simplify, to get down. You know, back in the day when we were doing like uh, using technology and stuff like that, it was so complicated and the programs were so robust. Nowadays, it's simplifying them more and more every day that what's coming out there. So I see a lot of that coming into the space more and more as a simplification. Obviously, I see more and more people moving from third-party companies to, you know, doing their own apps or own delivery systems that way just to, just based on a lot on the cost factors i do see a lot of you know we partnered with a company called spark technologies which i was a big part of where we partnered with um, a robot company where we see robots becoming a very big uh, you know option out there in the marketplace okay. and also to create that you know a new experience for diners to uh, enjoy. So that's a big part as well that I, I see continuing to grow and actually grow in different spaces. So not just restaurants, but hotels. Uh, I'm trying to golf courses, those kind of things as well. So I see that space growing more and more, but I think tech, I think the simplicity of is if you're, you have to be in the tech mindset in our industry nowadays to make a go of it. There's too much tech out there. AI is becoming really big right it's, now, yeah, yes. right? Within the spaces. And this was something that we saw coming up over the last 10 years was AI was starting to creep in more and more. Um, you know, I think that is going to be a big player moving forward. I think, I think it came in and then we saw it pull back a little bit and it might've been the fact that COVID, but it was a lot of our, I think our restaurant people back to the two points, it was a lot of them to digest the, the complexity, complexity of AI to understand how that fit into their restaurants. You got to slowly drip it, right? So you got to drip that AI into our industry and it's now moving in now more and more, but at a slower pace in a sense. And I think it's going to catch on extremely well. And I, and I know fast food restaurants are using it already. So mm-hmm. it's something that um, I think, and, and, if t- and through COVID, I remember meeting with some companies out there built, you know, that did sa- uh, sandwich signs, display mm-hmm. sign, drive-through signs that use AI and mm-hmm. the technology is there. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to see that just continue. I think it's going to be more, let's say grassroots connecting mm-hmm. to more grassroots as opposed to more corporate identities right now. I think it's going to move into the grassroots right away. Well, and I've interviewed some of them. So we we have some of our episodes out there about AI and it is really interesting and and not just in uh you know the ordering or or trying to, you know, it's in predictive preparation. Yes, yeah. You cool. know to help uh, minimize waste uh, to figure out okay, what's happening in this town? Is there an event going on? Is it raining outside? You know, just what are all the variables that a human yeah. being is necessarily think about all that and and then just the visual piece of it you know how full is this item and of course the robotics with the ordering or you know interfacing uh, in fast food that's been out there for a long time so yeah that that really is i i've seen that happen and i'm sure that you're talking to some very future thinking companies as well now by grassroots you mean kind of in the smaller niche of we're going to do this with our technology yeah, is that what you mean and then yeah. it's going to be organically i think you're going to see it being more affordable ah. to you know the the restaurants that really can't afford maybe the ai content right now or the systems that are in that place. I think it's going to become more affordable and it's going to have to be. And you see this all the time is they'll come in, they'll attach themselves to larger organizations out there and then they'll you know, get structured there and then move into more of the independents that are out there in the marketplace. And that, I think that's normal, but it, it is something that I do believe is a big space. I think, I think there's a, there's a company that we, I partnered with as well called Oot 
So OO, small t, Oot, and they do a show with us. And they're actually using AI in an advantage of recommendations based on reviews of restaurants in a live format. Okay. Content. So if you go out there and you're recommending a restaurant on social, it's going to connect and actually share live feeds of that content of that preference. Okay. So chefs all, if a group of chefs go out and eat in a restaurant, obviously on the app, other people will know that those chefs are recommending that restaurant at that moment. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of, it's really taking a lot of those systems that are today where you have to go back and you can read, you know, through old reviews and old information in real time. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. We're, we're doing the, to see what's happening word on the street. So exactly. Speak. That's you're, you're bang on, you're bang on to that. Yeah. This is exactly it. So yeah. I think Very those cool. kind of things, are, I think, I, I think, I think also is that the, the innovation I think is, is critical to move forward. And I think you're going to see this more and more, obviously in the food side, plant-based I know a lot of companies out there are watching the plant-based stocks and yeah. price go down. It is here to stay. And I know it's it's just going through one of those, you know, as I learned through through our network, you have your ups and downs. Those are just grounder ups and downs. But I tell you, I don't want to promise it, but I do believe plant-based is just figuring itself out still. And it's going to okay. take a while. But I, I think that because one, we, we have to move to that to sustain food. It's simple. And they're just figuring it out. It's, and I think I'm a big believer. I was wearing my hat today. Companies <laughs> like Beyond Meat and Impossible and uh-huh. companies, and we have our own too. And I know that we'll get that. It's normal. It's normal. I created my own burger once for Canada with oh, a company. Cool. And uh, yeah, I know I like from burgers to media sites. I um, know you're just a jack of all trades. We have a scratch the surface here and do it yeah and 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 it was the same thing we were ahead of the curve but uh those things kind of happen and and i think you have to kind of you know hold on for the long run especially when you get to those new and and what do you see like you've you've interviewed a lot of people i know you leadership is a key thing in the industry for you like talk a little bit about where your passion is with helping leadership but what you see going on i'm going to leave it open for you because you want to be going this one this is a big one uh-oh. No, one of my well, let me interject once in a while, Jay. Just no, take, worries, take no a worries. breath every once in a while. Um, one of my <laughs> favorite leadership coaches, and he's a good friend, is Matt Rolf. And Matt and me have been working now for about a year almost on different projects that have been in the marketplace and things like that. Okay. He is one, I always call him he's Canada's restaurant coach. Mm-hmm. I think he made a pull-up banner with my quote on it, but he is he so I think there's coaches out there. And I think when I met Matt and I remember calling him a consultant, he's like, Jay, I'm not a consultant, I'm a coach. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. Kept calling it a consultant. He's like, no, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. So now I know what a coach is. And I thought I was a, con- a coach for a longest time, but then I met Matt because I, I, you know, like I said, I worked with thousands of restaurants as I built the resource department for Canada is that Matt has a heart of gold in a sense of what's right to help that restaurant. And he knows that the, how different everyone is and he can handle that. And it's incredible. And I think when I look at leadership coaches out there in the place is that Matt sees Matt allows you, and I see this within the industry on leadership, Matt allows you to see where you need to be a better leader or be a leader through your own lens, if that makes any sense. But he doesn't go in there and tell you what you're not doing right or what you're doing wrong. Like he doesn't do that. He goes in there and he shows you what you need to do to be just a better 
leader. And he does it through the simplicity of his coaching and his book, his books, all these different things. But he goes in there and he makes you feel so different to really look at what leadership means to you and what it means to your organization. And I think when I look at leadership overall in our industry, it needs it needs a mat. <laughs> it needs a shakeup and it needs a mat. And I think the thing I say that is I've met with, like I said, so many leaders and, and owners and, and executive chefs over the years is that you can't lead like you used to. And our president recently told us is that you have to learn, forget, and then relearn. And I think the same thing goes to when it comes to leadership within our industry. You got to forget, you got to relearn and then learn that information again, because the industry right now, and I, and I've been in this my whole life. Yeah. You can't lead the teams today. Like you did 10, 15 years ago. You just will not connect. They are so different. The industry has changed so much. There's sensitivity beyond levels. I was just watching a show, uh, something online the other day about, um, forget his name. Um, anyways, he said that the chefs in the old days that glorified screaming in a kitchen and hollering yeah. at people. Uh, yeah. That's not today. You can't do that today. And that shouldn't have done. We shouldn't allowed it in the past either. Right. And today it is imperative that we don't repeat that. And you can't do that because it, it disrupted our industry. And we thought it was very entertaining, more bad than good. And I believe Matt and those folks out there are helping people understand what's right and wrong as a coach what the things you need to do to connect to your people. And today it needs to be what I think a thing in leadership is one is that you have to understand that you're a leader of your people, right? For your people. <laughs> and that is so important that it's not about you. It's not one bit about you. And a lot of leaders in the old days was look at me, I'm managing a big restaurant or this, you know, these chain restaurant, look at me, look at me. Mm -hmm. And it's not about that anymore. And I've led a huge team. We had 80, I think about 80 people on my team before COVID. And they sure taught me what leadership was. And it wasn't about that. But in the old days, it was. Today, it's definitely not that. Today, it's all about leading through your others, supporting them. People are going through some crazy stuff right now in our industry. And mental illness is a big part of our shows. We do a lot on that. We did one yesterday. And that is something that we need to we need to pay attention of talk is great conversations about it are great but it needs now time to do something and we started i started an organization i think it was like four or five months ago called the staff chair project where we want to help restaurants convert their staff rooms into spaces where people can go and just have a better you know better moment in their day huh. well that's they interesting because i you know that whole um i'll give yourself a, you a break from talking so you can i, I can drink some water okay yeah, maybe uh with even even uh people to people but certainly as leaders just being a good listener so yeah. that you can empathize with where your employees are you said there's so much going on and people are going through so many different things but if you aren't paying attention to what's happening out with your team you're you're it's going to be over your head if all you're looking at is the P&L and the bottom line numbers and the efficiencies and whatever other analytics you might be looking at yeah. and missing the people side of it, then you're going to lose the people side of it. You're going to lose well, your good people. You're so right. And I think that's why I think Gary V said it is that if you have good culture, 
you'll have good results in sales. Right? And, I, and I truly believe the same thing in our industry. If you have a good culture in your restaurant, guess what? You're going to have a good restaurant. It's- and everybody's trying to figure out how to have a good culture, Jay. And I, I'm hearing from you that a big piece of that is you, you've got to be with your people. You got to be paying attention to them, listening to them and connecting with them on a different level now than used to be before. It's not about you walking in with a big title or accolades behind your name and saying, I, I'm so-and-so. So you need to listen to me and execute. That's not working anymore. That's what I just heard you say. No, no. You know what? So yeah. it's interesting to say that because also I, I do that within the shows. I don't talk about myself in the shows. I don't talk about Cisco even on the shows. It's all about the guest mm-hmm. and the topic and the yeah. industry, right? It's not about oh, this and that. I don't do that. And um, you see, you see that a lot. And you see that even in presentations today is like, look at me, I've accomplished this, I've done this and all. You got to put this stuff away. People right now tone out on that stuff. And I think it's so interesting that you said that because I do the same thing every day is I make a conscious effort not to talk about myself on the shows. So it's kind of weird talking about this on you with you. I know. So here I am making you talk about yourself, but but it's it's our show. It's your show. show, That's why you're here. Yeah. Right. But that's why I think it's so important as we see podcasts out there is that I think the success of podcasts, I know one of my, one of my good friends, Roger, that has restaurant rockstar, he does the same thing. He talks, he's not doing it for the money and he's not doing it for the accolades. He's doing to help the industry. And he's always said that to me Mm -hmm. and I, and I love him to death because that's what he does and he helps the industry. And I think you'll have success with not only your business, your podcast or whatever you do. We stop talking about ourselves and start listening and start helping others. And I I know it's a cliche thing to say, but I truly believe it. I've seen it, live it every day. Is it's it's not a bad about the accolades that you have. It's about what you can do. And I tell you, we 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 do that every day. I we have rules in our network, and and a lot of them people are scratching their head, going, "What?" And I said, "Well, that that's how we're going to connect, and that's how people will relate to the content that we're producing and what we're doing out there." But I think, um, and that's why we started the the mental illness campaign because I kept having these amazing shows, but nothing was happening. I didn't see anything happening. No physical thing was happening. So, well, let's start this project where we can change staff rooms. And there was a location in Washington that had done this. Okay. And, and I paid homage. I said, this is probably the best idea I've seen in like the last 10 years where they helped, they transformed their staff room into a wellness room. Oh. And I said, with the amount of people that we reach on our network and how we can influence the industry in Canada through our shows is that let's, let's make it a, you know, a new way of looking at those rooms now and those yeah. staff rooms those places to be a place where we can make a safe place for our, our, our staff and our people to just have a, a moment, a moment. It doesn't take much sometimes a moment just to be away from the world and away from work mm-hmm. in our work. Right. So yeah, literally right? a step out. What, yeah. what would you say is important to have just for our listeners that might be interested in that? What would you say is important to have in, you know, as they think about, changing a staff room, what are, what are one or two or three things that would be good for them to think about? I think you got to make it look good. It's not the graveyard of the, of the restaurant. It's not like all the trash all the, uh, exactly. up where people have had it's their lunch. Broken and chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the broken chair space. It's not the, 
the old booth they used to have 40 years ago. Right. It's not those places, right? So I think those are what we have to realize that this is a space that you want. And it's good. And Matt said this to me and, and Matt wants to put all his books in, in these rooms too, yeah. is that he said, you know, it, it'll, it'll cause a movement that maybe they won't work with you on the, creating these spaces, but they may take and re, re-look at those spaces. And maybe it's something that they can physically do in those spaces just to make it a little bit better for their staff. So yeah. I, I vision are those, these rooms to not be a graveyard of the old equipment and the old, and the, you know, the oil pails and the milk the broken cream. stuff. Yeah, exactly. And all those things that it's a place that references your, th- the owner's thought on what a good place is that they'd want to sit in and relax for a few minutes. Because you think of, how, and, and if you think about this, and I've seen it over, I've seen people sleep in staff rooms because they had a you know three-hour shift and, or break until their next shift. Sure. I've seen people read books in there. I've seen people study in there. It needs to be a place of your business that you need to be maybe looked at a little bit different than in the past mm-hmm. and invested in a little bit. It doesn't cost a lot to invest in that space right. and to you know, put a better, you know, maybe a better couch in there, better chairs in there. Maybe it needs, um, uh, you know, the, an audio sense or something like that that makes it sound like a, a relaxing place to go to. Well, music. And Matt said this. He goes, "This will help with the retention." Well, people I was going to say it will. They're, the people will then stay and hang around, and instead of going down the street on their break or you know the place next door, they might actually stay on location and take their break and feel like they can relax there. And uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 It Cause the restaurant business is a little crazy. I mean, I, I grew a lot of people, a lot of us have worked in the restaurant business. You know, my first job was in the restaurant business and worked as a waitress and all of that. And, and it's intense when it's intense. And oh, do you remember like the stress that comes some of those days are just like, yeah. I mean, and the, the days are sometimes long and the, the shifts are long and depending on, you know, what the workflow, the, flow of the patrons is it's just variable so you know i uh when covid started to lift a little bit and we were going back out to restaurants and i was i think my husband and i went out for our anniversary dinner and we gave almost as much tip as we paid for the dinner because the people the guys were starving like they hadn't had any work you're thinking you know i'm happy to be here and we're celebrating and you're serving us and we're going to give you, you know, we're going to give you extra tip. We can do that. And we want to do that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, that's all. Just- the one thing I want to mention on that, because you're hundred percent right. And I love hearing those stories is that think about the person that, that is taking care of you that day. And I think this goes out to all restaurant people out there. What does that DNA look like? of that person that just went through, you know, a horrific last three years, which yeah. could still want to do that profession or that job. Yeah. Still come with a smile on their face. The amount of stuff that they have behind them that we don't see going on in their lives is got to be enormous. Mm-hmm. And these people still show up and they still pump out amazing service and they do yeah. amazing stuff. I always think of what's behind the curtain or what's behind them. And I guarantee it, it is not what we maybe even think it is. It's probably 10 times worse. Well, and, and that's I- a, that's a great heads up for our listeners too, Jay, as a reminder, because now a lot of things are open. People are traveling uh, so much so that I think, I think the airports are crazy because they got overwhelmed faster than they thought they would. I imagine this holiday travel season is going to be a little bit um, fresh 
frenetic and, you know, just be, being kind goes a long way. It could be any kind of serving person that, that hasn't been working during COVID. It could be, you know, that, that taxi cab driver, the, the Uber or Lyft, or, you know, the, the person in the airport that's checking you in with your ticket to your point, mental health and all the service providers. It's outside of the restaurant industry. It's a lot in the restaurant industry, but you know, the service goes outside of that too. I, you know, I think we have to look at that because I think that what I've seen, because I, I get into, well, no, get deep into these people's worlds, but I get to know yeah. them and I get, you know, we have a pre-show and after show and I get to chat with all these amazing people. And I hear the stories of what's going on behind them. I've had big celebrities to, to independent operators in, in the middle of nowhere and, and they all are just amazing, but to hear the stories of what they're dealing with, or, you know, they'll tell me, yeah, you know, no staff showed up today and we don't talk about it. It's not the topic of the show. But they're like, yeah, we, we had no staff today and I had to work 14 hours or some this and that, or right. I had to do this at home today because my kid had this or that. And, and I'm like, wow, the amount of stuff that we don't, like we only see like one layer. There's millions of things going on behind these people. Yeah. And um, I tell you, we need to we need to think about that as not only when we visit a restaurant, but when we re- run a restaurant, we, we work with these sure. amazing people. Is these chefs, especially chefs? Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of chefs. They're going through some amazing stuff at home. That is tough. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever met a chef that it's like, oh, it's perfect world. It's great. It's <laughs> rainbows and unicorns. They're going through some serious t- stuff. So I think we need to pay pay respect and pay homage to those folks because they're doing incredible work out there. And and it's not easy. It's in 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 and here's the thing that also that let's say beefs me a little bit, but bugs me a little bit is that all these and I'm going to say this on behalf of all podcasters for industry and folks okay. out there is that I'm going to say this in trouble is that we have to realize what these people are living and we cannot create content without being out there. And I know some podcasters out there from Matt Plapp to Roger to uh, what what uh, what Matt talks about all the time and these folks out there in our space and providing advice and the folks that I know and there's a group of us that we you know even what Sean uh, from Kelly Barbecue I just did some stuff with him he's on my show a few days ago these folks live and breathe the industry mm-hmm. if you're not doing that and you sit in a, in, a, in a room all day without being out there and you're providing advice you, you got to check that because you can't provide good direction or information or content sitting in your office and not being out there and sitting down and listening to these people's stories or having a coffee with them or just spending a few minutes with them. When you can't grade good advice, absolutely can't grade good marketing. If you tried to market out of an office to the industry, yeah. you're going to lose. I promise you. Yeah, totally out of touch. But of you touch. are you are totally in touch because you're out there and you're talking to all these people all the time, which is, you know, the insight that you've been able to share with us today is really critical and unique because you're the only one that does what you're doing right now like you're doing it. So, thank you for for being with us on that, but you mentioned about creating marketing content. And I, I don't want to leave our time together without talking about One of my favorite subjects. My well, favorite. because that's what, you know, kind of the future of how, how we're going to, you know, share about what's going on and 
Go ahead, Jay. I don't need to. <laughs> you want to get into this? I don't need a well-formed question. This is this <laughs> is one of my passions. I've been a marketing guy from day one, and and uh, that's what I, I I love the fact that I get to play in this space. And I, I work on our corporate marketing team, mm. and we have amazing people on our team as well. But I, I do believe this is where my strengths are. It, it's it's you know I just happen to work in the industry, and this is my marketing strengths is that I have a. a creative mind, innovative mind Mm -hmm. uh, that comes to this space. But I think when you look at the simplicity of content or creating marketing for the restaurateurs out there, and Sean Wolchef, that was on my show from Kelly Barbecue, he says, we all have the tools in our hands. We all have our phones. You don't need fanciness. And we're all can just be ourselves within creating the content. So just being authentic so when you take those things and you look at it, and Sean's got a theory that it's about consistency, quantity, speed equals quality. When you create social content for marketing in your restaurants, don't worry. And you see this every day. Don't worry if it's not perfect. A lot of people work to the perfection of a video. That's not the case. People get lost in that. And then you won't produce the amount of quantity you need to create content on social. But I believe within that, when you look at the marketing that you need or the direction or what do you focus on with the marketing? Market your people. Make sure it's authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Don't script it. I promise you don't script it. I see it every day. People is oh, you lose them, right? Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Show the beauty of what you're doing, what your restaurant's about, the food that you do. Be proud of it, but be 100% authentic. Just that yeah. organic, that organic yeah, sharing. <laughs> it is. And we see it every day. We see what we wonder why we'll see someone on a, on, on a social platform that gets millions of views and it wasn't planned out as more or less by accident. Right. We like that authentic. We relate to surprised. It. Yeah. And marketing is moving more and more into authentic content creation. And and don't spend money. I, I would say don't spend like like I know it, but I would recommend watching what you spend on on stagnant advertising, but more okay. get into video advertising or using video to create the content out there. It's so much power. I, I see the statistics in the back end of the systems we use. The statistics is incredible. So when you use video based and you share things within video based, it changes the world. And if you can do it, do it. That's the way I have the theory. If you can, it's kind of like when we did live versus pre-recorded shows. Someone said, well, why would you do it? I said, well, we can do it. We can do it live. Why don't we do it then? And then, right? Then it's like, okay, well, I guess you're right. Same kind of thing is like, if you can do video-based versus a st- you know an advertisement of, let's say a special or something you're offering, mm-hmm. new menu, do video instead. It will cost you next to nothing, if not nothing. And it will have more impact than if you do a fancy ad. I promise. Golden piece uh, of advice. Yeah, it really advice is. listeners out there. There you go. That's from my that's from the bazillions of bazillions of shows we've done over the years. Bazillions of bazillions of shows. But but that's so important. Done is better than perfect. And I tell myself all that. Oh, I, love that. <laughs> I, love I tell that. myself all the time, but it still doesn't always help me fight the need to make it better because you know it's gonna live forever out there. And I always think about that. But then I'm like, ah, maybe. That's okay. But your uh, live show point, maybe think about what's the favorite part of, you know, when you watch a, a series or a movie, I think I saw out there, like they have these friends bloopers from the friends series that was really popular. I don't know how many millions of hits the friends, you know, mess ups got that didn't even make it to the show. Everybody's wanting to watch those to your point about doing live. They get the bloopers right in the original show because it is what it is and what's happening, what's happening. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. 
Yeah, I can imagine you have a great time with that. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go today, what else would you like to share with our audience? I think the last thing is, as we okay. go into this new year, and I'm not sure when this will play, but when we go into 2023, I think when you look at operators today, and if I could provide any advice on interviewing you know, hundreds and hundreds of people over the last few years, you have to put in your business plan or your restaurant plan of innovation reinventing learning and relearning is a key of your DNA. It needs to be a part of your DNA. As you move forward, you need to set up time. I had a meeting today with one of our guys I'm going to Vancouver with tomorrow or next week to do a show out there. And I said to him, I said, restaurateurs love lists. We write lists down on what we need to order. We do menus in a list format. If you look at a menu, it's a list, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's a list. So we need to create action plans within a list. If we don't do that, we get too busy and we're all over doing stuff. So we need to create simplicity of creating things and putting it into a list and checking them off. But you need to look at like a strategy and plan. You need to reflect on, sorry, you need to reflect on what you're doing right. Because a lot of people look at what you're doing wrong. Everyone wants to tell you what you're doing wrong, especially on podcasts. Everyone's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? You do this, do that, do this. Look at what you're doing right, right? And you may have a few things you need to tweak. But I think most restaurants today that are here today through the last three years are probably doing 99% of the things right already, right? Because you survived through yeah. these three years. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> You're probably doing things right. Yeah. Something's now, can you good. make more money? Possibly everyone always can say that, but probably doing things right. So I would just suggest moving forward through this 2023, we know inflation, we know labor, we know all these things that we've been talking about over the last six months. They're going to be tougher, but I think we know that you can make it. It's easy. We just made it through the worst three years of the history of our industry. But I think when you look at moving forward, you need to always be looking at innovation. The general public is going to always be looking for something new. And what's nice about that, it allows you for pricing and adjustments on your menu and all these different things. But always keep the ball forward, moving forward. Don't get complacent. Um, it's pretty simple business strategies out there, but you have to always move forward. You have to look at innovation. You have to look like like the AI we're talking about today. Look at what's new in the marketing place. Look at what's happening on social. Be tied to the industry, but always be innovating. And it could be dishes to the way you handle your staff, to the way you do your staff room, all these different things. Innovate is going to be key. And that's nice because people are attracted to creative people. Pe creative people change the world, by the way. There you go. And that's a great ending line, Jay. Well, thank you for that last bit of wisdom about innovation. I think uh, that certainly our listeners can take that away in, in the, their restaurant space or anywhere they're working in the food space. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast with us, Jay. I have a special shout out too to our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are creating the future of food ecosystem today. You can go to farmtoplate.io to check that out. But thanks again, Jay, for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 